my change shifted when I started to realize my physical health was not good. Mm. I had no energy. Uh, I was overweight and I felt very uncomfortable in my skin and in my body. And I was constantly having conversations about it with myself. Um, and so I ultimately started to work on my nutrition and I lost some weight. But again, after a few months, I was back in my old habits. And so when I accepted help from a mentor and then took the tools that she taught me and surrounded myself with a community that was different than I had ever had or chosen in my life. I mean, these were people that I would have said, they'll never be my friend. They think they're better than me. Um, they have money and I don't, so we could never be friends. Whatever my stories and assumptions would have been, I would have stayed away. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to, I got to a point where I said, what I've been doing isn't working. Who I need to be. Hey, Mom Nation, welcome to our From the Heart podcast, where we share inspirational stories, useful information, and we discuss a wide variety of women-related topics. While you're listening to this episode on your favorite podcast platform, please subscribe to our channel and rate us so that we can get this information out to the moms that need to hear it. If you'd like to join the conversation, we are at Mom Nation USA. That's our handle on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey y'all, Katie here, founder of Mom Nation and owner and operator of Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty, your go-to gal for anything real estate in the state of Arizona. I am the sponsor of today's show. I will link my page and information in the show notes so you can quickly and easily get in touch with me should you need anything real estate, any advice, or maybe you're looking to get into the business. I sure hope you enjoy today's show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Mom Nation, we are back again with another episode of From the Heart, where we talk to amazing women that have uplifting stories. They've risen from the ashes and, uh, you know, they just have these really deep and sort of sensitive things to talk about. Today, we have with us a returning guest, actually not a returning guest to the podcast, but we had her on the live and learn if you guys caught that a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Summer just makes is the same with you, Crystal, like every, I, I don't know, summer just makes every week and day seem the same. I, I don't even know what day or week it is. <laughs> I don't, I homeschool and run my business. So I never know what day it is or when it's summer or winter. So it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. So at no. some point in the past, we had Crystal on, on a live and learn uh, very recently. And she was talking about a miracle morning and her morning routine and why the morning routine is really important. So Crystal, take it away. Start with your story. I know that the morning routine is probably going to come into the conversation at some point, but you have quite a story, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly where to start, but <laughs> um, I think, you know, big pieces of my story is I, for a long time, didn't know how to navigate life. I mean, I grew up in a household that was a lot of neglect. Um, my mom was an addict and my dad lived wherever he lived. And so, you know, I was on my own for a lot of my childhood. And after becoming a mom, um, you realize how you have to like 
what you don't want to do and how you have to figure that all out. And, um, you know, for a long time before that, I battled, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, oh, being overweight and not having good friends um, and all of the things that just come with not knowing how to navigate life. I just insert myself into places and, and did my best to survive, I guess is what I can say. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And coming from childhood trauma and neglect myself, I totally understand your position there. And I want to say that I'm proud of you for having the wherewithal to like stop and think and say, hey, I don't want her to go through what I went through instead of just continuing the cycle, because it's really easy to continue the cycle, isn't it? Like, that's what yeah. you know. So why not just continue with what you know? Yeah. And I mean, to I won't share my husband's story, but he had a very similar childhood as to me. Um, he, and he's five years younger than me. And so we easily did find ourselves going down the same path. I wouldn't say to the same extent, but her first two years of life, it was a lot of just existing and being stuck on the hamster wheel and a lot of hanging out and drinking on the weekends and just, you know, having fun. Um, but it was because it was comfortable and it was easy. And to step out of that takes awareness and dedication and admitting that what I was doing wasn't healthy and wasn't working. Um, and I think that's the hardest part. <laughs> well, right. Well, when did you and you might not be able to pinpoint this exactly. I don't think I could if I was asked this question, but when did you realize that, hey, this pattern that we're in isn't a healthy pattern? Like some things need to change here. Yeah, I think, I mean, me and my husband had already, our boyfriend at the time had been together for a few years. And, you know, as my daughter started to get older, I always knew that I wanted a homeschool. And um, I had just started a kids yoga business. And so I was starting to work for myself. Um, and when you work for yourself, you have to rely on yourself to get a lot of things done. And so as she got older, more active, school is approaching, um, where I just had to be more responsible. Um, I had to be more clear minded, I had to be I had to have less anxiety um, and all of those things is I started to realize how my choices and behaviors were affecting my success in all of that. And I knew if I continued on that journey, none of those things that I wanted for myself and my daughter, my family would have been possible at all. Right, right. And, and I love what you said there is I knew that those things like you took responsibility for the for your life and for things that were happening in your life. Was there ever a time when it was everybody else's fault and not yours? I think it's funny. I've never played. I've never been. Well, I don't want to say never. When I was a teenager, probably 13, 14. Why is this happening to me? Why does God hate me if I even believe in God? Mm -hmm. um, why am I always alone? You know, what did I do? You know, that victim mentality. But I think as I got older, I played more of the hero mentality. Um, it was easier for me to stay in those choices and behaviors to avoid conflict. It was yeah. easier to just, you know, help everyone. And I don't know how to put it, but just like, it was just easier. And I was more of the hero. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to take care of myself. Um, but I always knew that it was me. And I, 
but I think that's my personality. I have had a lot of resilience. Um, I don't know if anyone knows about the disc personality, but I'm a dominant. I do. Me too. I'm a high <laughs> yeah. D. There's probably so, nothing else. Just D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a D I, I think. Um, and maybe the I is more recent. I'm very, you know, more social and things like that in relationship based. But I but from a very young age, I knew that these choices were mine. And I think that's because I was on my own. Like I didn't have anyone else. There I could wasn't sit somebody here and, there, yeah. Yeah, I could sit here and blame my mom, but now I'm in my 25, 30s at this point. How is it my mom's fault? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I'm choosing to put alcohol in my system or sit around and complain about my life. Like mm -hmm. that's so I definitely was more of that hero role than the victim role, um, which may have helped me have that switch sooner. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. Everybody's different, of course, but it's so fascinating to me how, you know, some people have that natural ability to, and it, to not take the easy street and blame everybody else, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because that's yeah. the easy street, right? I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And it's everybody else's fault that I'm, that I am where I am. And you know, that I don't have the body I want, that I don't have the bank account that I want. I don't have the house that I want. I don't have the friends that I want. It's everybody else's fault, but mine. And I think that it's really easy to fall into that trap. Um, so, you know, bravo to you that you didn't fall into that trap, or maybe if you had, you weren't there for very long. Because it sounds like you kind of started figuring this out at a, at an early age. I mean, 20 is still pretty, 20 something is still pretty young. Yeah, I moved to Arizona when I was 21. Um, and pretty much, I mean, my grandparents were there, but that was the point where it was all me at that point. Um, you know, started my career in behavioral health for 10 years at, I don't know, 23, I think, 24. Um, and so I was a very independent person. Um, but I was also very codependent person. It was very weird. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've always said I'm the most independent codependent person because I was always seeking this fulfillment that I was missing mm -hmm. and I was doing it in relationships and bad friendships. And, um, and then every like three months I'd be like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And I would just completely flip everything and start focusing on myself. And then I would go back through that cycle. And that's what it was. It was just like this trauma cycle that I was going through and um, couldn't figure out how to get out. <laughs> what can you put into words if you are able to? What what do you think you were seeking? I have a huge thing with disappointing people. Um, I've worked through it now, but if I like disappointed people or wasn't up to someone's standards or it really, my negative self-talk used to spin out of control. Um, I Perfectionism probably was a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And then also just love and acceptance. You know, for a long time, I maybe, I, the people that were supposed to love me did, right? But not in the way that we need as a child. And right. so I'm constantly seeking love and acceptance and knowing that I'm not alone in this world. Um and now I, I enjoy alone time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's different. <laughs> but I never used to. I used to sit in my room. I mean, even in my 20s, I would sit in my room all alone if someone canceled plans on me or went out without me. And I would 
perseverate on it and beat myself up and blame myself that it was something was wrong with me because of that happened. Oh, that's sad. I just want to give you a great big hug. I understand that feeling so, so much. So when you were having fun, which at that time you described it, and I know that's different now, but at that time you described it as drinking on weekends, hanging out with friends, that kind of thing. Did you notice any anything in your daughter or within the relationship with your daughter that was not to your liking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I want to say it, it was all fun, right? But it wasn't serving me in any way other than being fun. And what I did notice is I get really bad anxiety after I drink. Um, like I don't even want to look at my phone. I don't want to talk to people. I would cancel on friends all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and eat, I was even called out about it. Like, do you want to be my friend? And I'm like, had to explain my anxiety And I noticed my patience with her was terrible. I had zero patience, screaming more, saying no. Um, And it was a lot of laying in bed, being hungover and saying, let's watch some movies, which they're that age. It's, it's easy to do that. But as they get older, that's not, it's not easy anymore. They start to have awareness. And so I, I didn't have experiences as a child unless a family member brought me out. I didn't have that or a friend brought me on a vacation or something. I didn't do a lot of things. And so I wanted to give her experiences. But if I'm feeling low or my energy is low or I feel icky in my clothes or whatever it is, I wasn't giving her experiences and I didn't want that life for her. So you had this conversation with yourself. Did it happen in one day or no, you had said it was kind of repeated. Like you would have the conversation, you would fix things, you would focus on yourself and then you'd fall back. So how long did that sort of um, thing that repeat that process for you? Um, Probably from the age of 14 to 33. Wow. (laughs) So a good 15, 16 years we're talking. Of being yeah, in that I mean, my cycle. first relation, my first relationship was when I was 14 with an 18 year old. And I mean, that cycle just continued throughout mm-hmm. until my 30s. And, you know, Callie is the changing point that that's my daughter for those listening <laughs> um, was the changing point in it all. Honestly, that and I, I had her when I was 30. And so it even took some time after that. Right. And when you started to, when you ended that cycle of, I'm going to focus on myself three months later, oh, what happened? I'm back in the same cycle. Now I'm going to focus on myself again. When that stopped, what, what steps did you have to take? What did you have to do differently in order for that to stop? Stuck up my pride and ask for help was, or accept help. I want to say that Um, because mine my change shifted when I started to realize my physical health was not good. Mm-hmm. I had no energy. Uh, I was overweight and I felt very uncomfortable in my skin and in my body. And I was constantly having conversations about it with myself. Um, and so I ultimately started to work on my nutrition and I lost some weight, but again, after a few months I was back in my old habits. And so when I accepted help from a mentor and then took the tools that she taught me 
and surrounded myself with a community that was different than I had ever had or chosen in my life. I mean, these were people that I would have said, they'll never be my friend. They think they're better than me. Um, they have money and I don't, so we could never be friends. Whatever my stories and assumptions would have been, I would have stayed away. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to, I got to a point where I said, what I've been doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to be, and I was willing to be and ready to be open to doing something that I had never done before. And that was accepting help and finding a new community. Totally agree and love that. Let's break down the overweight piece of that really quick, if if we may. Um, I I know a lot of moms. I talk to a lot of moms. I see a lot of posts. You know, just things out there in the in the social media community and you know and otherwise. And I feel like there's a lot of talk about oh I'm so tired, oh I'm 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 uh, my mind is cloudy. I can't remember things. This is just what it's like to be a mom, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that to an extent, yeah, we have that, you know, the, I mean, mom brain is a thing. It's like a scientific thing. I actually researched yeah. this, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. I know to an extent that we have those things, but I think what people don't understand is their physical health and quite specifically their, their, their weight, if they're overweight plays a really big part in that. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I think it's easy to stay comfortable, first of all. Um, 90% of people stay in their comfort zone and there's no change there, but it's the easiest thing to do. Um, second is there's so much out there that's like, oh, if you want to go on this meal plan or this diet or lose weight, then they're like, you're in that diet culture. And it's like, no, I want to physically feel good for me. And that goes in turn, that then goes internally as well. Like it's all together. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had the brain fog. I was wearing maternity pants at my daughter's second birthday. Um, You know, doing, I had a pool at my house. I was finding the best coverall and, you know, to cover up my clothes, you know, my body when I'm in the water. And then I realized like, why, why do I even have to have those conversations with myself? Right. Um, And But I will tell you during that time I was getting in the shower and I was naked and I looked in the mirror and I looked dead myself in the eyes and said, I love you. You made a human being and you are powerful, but you're not showing up as your best self. And I had never done that before. Um, And now I'm going to cry. I know. (laughs) Where are the tissues? That was really powerful. And, but, and then it was funny because I had the thought and then I got in the shower and I was like, whoa, wow. Um, so, but I'll tell you, all I had to do after I accepted help and found community was my new changing my nutrition. It had a really awesome side effect of losing weight. Really cool. Yes, I get to shop in my own closet, but I teach kids yoga and I'm telling you, I taught them every single Monday at this preschool and I could not remember the kids' names. And two, maybe two weeks, maybe a month in of changing my nutrition, I remembered every single kid's name. And I got in my car that day and I was like, yeah, just like, so there's things that we can do for our own self and our own health that do heal our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like, Taking control of our nutrition and our our health physically and mentally, you 
the body does a mag- does magical things. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, those two things stood out to me the most, but now I had the energy to run around with my daughter. I mean, it's hot in Arizona. No one wants to walk outside when you don't feel good. And we were going on longer walks because now I could handle the heat a little more, um, mm-hmm. you know, going down to the water and paddle boarding and her life experiences got different because I started putting myself on the list. Mm. And as a mom, we don't do that. Nope. We want to take care of everyone else and empty our buckets. And then we say, well, this is what moms do. Because it's somehow, I don't know where we ever got this idea, but it's somehow like cool or prestigious to say, I don't do anything for myself. I do it for my family. Yeah. Why? Or like, I don't- I don't sleep or, you know, now there's wine culture and I don't know, there's just all these things that it's like, well, everyone's doing it. So I, it's normal. And that's that comfort zone of everyone's just staying in that comfort zone. And only 2% of people are willing to get out of it and grow. And I wish that there was more. (laughs) Two, two pieces that I want to pull out of that. The the first one is um, speaking of the weight loss. Do you have any specific things that you can share with our audience in terms of tools that you used, um, you know, and that could be, I read this book and it changed my mindset or, you know, it gave me some scientific knowledge or, you know, anything that you can suggest to a mom that might be feeling like you felt in the shower that one day, um, Mm -hmm. and just doesn't know how to get started. The biggest that I've learned in this is a lot of the times when we want to lose weight or get off medication or change our health, we are running away from a problem Mm -hmm. and running away from a problem will work temporarily, but it's not sustainable because I don't know how many times, but this was me. Every time I lost weight and I started to feel physically good again, I kind of started to slide back into my old habits because my problem was solved. Um, And what I've learned is we really have to visualize how these changes are going to impact your future. How is getting physically or emotionally healthy going to impact your relationship with your spouse? How is it going to impact your relationship with your kids? How is it going to impact how you show up for your job or your business or whatever you do? And really visualizing that compelling future. Um, Because when you do that, you're running forward towards something. Mm-hmm. And so to pair with that is a great thing that I talk with my clients about. It's called stop, challenge and choose. And you can utilize it with food or reacting to your kids or anything. But when you have that compelling future, you know, say this was a diet Coke, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to stop, take a breath for 90 seconds and challenge myself to say, is this leading me towards that compelling future or is it leading me farther away? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might put it down. You might not. Right. But you stopped and you challenge yourself and you chose. And then you can say next time, what was missing in that? Was I tired? Was I pissed off at somebody? You know, you can really gain, start to gain awareness in that. Um, but you can use that with your kids too. You know, your kids have something you want to yell, stop, take a breath, take a sip of water, respond differently. Mm-hmm. And all of that is together. You know, like our physical health and our emotional health of all of that is affects each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and the biggest thing I love about that is awareness, because how often do we operate on autopilot? Mm-hmm. Which and, is another thing that's like glorified. <laughs> yeah. And does that really serve us, that autopilot, you know? 
No. And, and no, because what are you really accomplishing? Just like when people tell me like, oh, I'm busy. It's like, okay. I like, don't like that word at all. Cause it's like, what are you busy with? What are you filling your time with? Is it mm -hmm. busy just to be busy? Like, are you doing all these things that don't fill your soul or are you being productive and fulfilled? Because if you're not feeling productive and fulfilled, then what are, what are we doing? Right. We're just like, what's the point? <laughs> right? so. Yeah. Another piece that I want to pull out of that, and it's something that I hear a lot of, and um, I know that there is a large percentage of people that struggle with it, um, but you were talking about uh, alcohol and how there's a wine culture with moms and how that wasn't serving you when that was something that you were partaking in. And I don't know if you don't anymore or what your relationship is, but can you speak a bit to that? Because I feel like there is, um, you know, for some moms, I feel like there's a, there's a release in that. It's almost like a coping mechanism or um, an opportunity where they can actually relax where they haven't been able to do so all day long or all week long or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I totally get it. Cause that was me. I mean, for me to relax, if I felt stressed out or agitated or anxious, I was going to go in the pool and have a seltzer or, and, you know, have a couple drinks. And I love the quote and I think it's by Angela or, um, What's her name? I can't think of her name, but it's like what we know in that moment is okay. That's all we know. But when we know better, we've got to do better. And that was a huge, like, I love that quote because in that moment or in that time of my life, that's the only coping skills that I had was to have some drinks to calm myself down. Mm -hmm. And I have had a road of where I can see addictions coming into my life. I mean, it's in my genes. It's in my blood. But I've also had awareness on how it affects me. And so what I've recently noticed is how much alcohol affects my dopamine levels. Mm. I mean, my dopamine and serotonin after one night of drinking is so bad that I just am not in a good headspace for like four days afterwards. Wow. And, um, it's it's like I don't want, like I said, I don't want to touch my phone. That's my business. I don't want to, you know, do things. I'm just kind of on the couch and there's no reason for it. I'm just like, blah. Um, and so what I've learned is through my journey with it, you have to find new coping skills. And mm -hmm. so a huge thing that used to help me is writing a list of things I can do when I feel the urge to have a drink. And it was go for a walk, um, you know, read a book to my daughter, listen to some music, listen to a podcast, take a shower. Taking a shower is huge for me because I'm not near phones. I'm near nothing. You're not um, near the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also this is weird, but I lay down and I put the shower on my feet and there's a lot of nerves in your feet and it's actually very calming. Um, so if you think of like foot massage or reflexology, I kind of give myself that at the shower. Um, but so having that list to say, oh, oh my gosh, I want to drink right now. Let me look at this list. What else can we do to calm down? Um, because when that's all the coping skill you have, yes, that is what's the only thing that's going to work. We have to be open and willing to what else brings you joy or what else calms you down and finding those things. What works for me isn't going to work for you. Isn't going to work for Susie over here. Um, right. we all have to find our thing. And the other thing is, is, um, those cues of setting your cues up. If you really do want to stop drinking or eating that or whatever it is, you know, maybe your kids are a cue. 
put a picture of your children on that 12 pack in your fridge, mm -hmm. you know, put a picture of you when you were at your prime in on your fridge and remind yourself of what you're working towards and why, because our brains just don't work that way. We want instant gratification. <laughs> and oh, hundred so percent. And even in the society that we live in, it promotes instant gratification constantly. And so that's, that's a real thing. And I think that a lot of people don't think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cues are huge. I think that's like brain science is we want that satisfaction. We want that instant gratification. And so we need that little reminder to say, Hey, wait, this isn't what's aligned with your goals right now. What, mm -hmm. but what, but what are you trying for? Like, I'm trying to go on a cruise with my husband, my background on my screen on my computer is me and him photoshopped on a picture of a cruise. <laughs> um, but those are, that visualization and those cues to remind you of what you're working towards is, is so huge and helpful. But I also just want to say, don't beat yourself up if you're in that space and those are the only tools you have mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. um, because you can learn more and you can evolve and you just got to be open and willing. Well, and awareness is key. So mm -hmm. give, you know, I, I always say to people, pat yourself on the back for even being aware that that's what's going on for you. Cause that's mm -hmm. the first step is being aware. Okay. Now I'm aware. Now mm -hmm. I know when I do it, why I do it. Now I can do something about it. Cause when you're yeah. in the, that darkness, it's really difficult to understand that part about yourself and be able to address that part about yourself. Yeah. And with awareness, you have to have acceptance mm -hmm. um, because we cannot shift if we don't accept our current reality. And so I will journal a lot. Like if I'm in a struggle space, I'll journal a lot about my current reality. Like today is Tuesday. I am 10 pounds overweight. I drank a bottle of wine last night and I feel really down on myself, but that's okay. And I accept who I am today, but now I want to shift. Mm -hmm. What can I do to shift, mm -hmm. you know, and, and implementing one thing. Okay. Tomorrow I want to meditate or for five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> right. But we can always begin again, right? Mm -hmm. Just because we did something yesterday doesn't necessarily mean that's who we are today. No, that's just choices. I talk about this with my clients all the time. It's not a cheat day. It's not this. It's you made a choice that doesn't align with your values or the person that you're coming with, but are becoming, but you have a choice next time to do that. We have a hundred choices in our day, maybe 45 of them didn't align with your goals, but maybe the other, I'm not good at math. The other ones, <laughs> the rest, <laughs> the rest of them do align with your goals. <laughs> so what, um, what helps you, if anything, do you have certain tricks? Do you have certain tools that helps you stay on the path? Because getting on the path. Okay, great. That takes some strength. That takes some determination. That takes some awareness. Now staying on that path takes a lot more of those things. Mm -hmm. I think first is knowing that I am going to still mess up. That's number one. And we're all human beings. Um, and having that acceptance and releasing the emotion around it is the biggest helper. Like, cause I used to get down on myself if I messed up, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, you stop working out for a week and then all of a sudden six years later, you're like, wow, I haven't stepped foot in the gym, like just removing the emotion. The second is like you mentioned that we talked about on the live and learn is morning routine, waking up and I go for a walk. I journal. Um, I read a positive personal development book. I have my coffee and I give myself time to set my day in the morning. 
frozen. Um, <laughs> hopefully you can still hear me. I was yeah, we're you're frozen. Oh, we're good. You're good. Hello. You're good. I can see you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and the third thing is asking and reaching out to my coaches and mentors, um, and people that build me up, but also challenge me if I'm struggling. Um, just sharing with them where I'm at and also just getting different perspectives and insight from them on how I can shift. The third thing that helps me stay consistent that I never had before was community and being able to reach out to mentors um, and let them know that I'm struggling or that I need help with consistency or accountability. And they just, A, believe in me, B, inspire me and C, help me change my thought process and step out of where I'm at and help me change my perspectives on, on that so that I can grow in those, in those moments. And so you said that it was something that you've never had before. So what is the difference in terms of the feeling, in terms of specifically how do these people and does this community help you keep on track that you didn't feel that you had before you either, you know, stumbled upon this community or it was established? So there's, so in this program, there is a workbook called the life book. And so element five is all about surroundings. And it was a huge awakening for me. Um, it talks about how to water the relationships that build you up, but stop putting energy into the ones that don't. Um, and then I went through this process of listing my friends who are, those are the people that have your back, support you no matter what. Um, and also start to change with you or, or at least notice the change. And so they're like, Hey, let's go on a hike instead of going out to eat and having a drink. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have your accomplices, which those are the people that when you get around them, you go back to old behaviors and thought processes. And it's not anything that they do. It's where I'm at and my strength in that. And so I actually listed those out. And it was a huge awareness for me to say, wow, this is who I'm surrounded with. This is what I choose to do when I'm around them. And how do I shift that? And so um, I started when I moved to Colorado, making sure that when I made new friends or created a new community that I had some guidelines and some boundaries and I wanted them to support who I was becoming and not like intentionally i wanted them to emanate who i was trying to become people in book clubs people that want to grow people that work for themselves people that have goals and are driven people that are working on evolving and growing um rather than kind of just complacent and, and staying in the same place and it sounds like the the right group needs to be a safe space like emotionally safe mentally safe and give you the ability to be who you are. Does that, is, does that sound like who these, this group is? It definitely is. And I don't want to say that my old friend, you know, my friends aren't that way either. But when you start to change and evolve, conflict and kind of friction starts to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's relearning how to be with those relationships. And you don't have to do that if you start making some new friends that align because you can be this new version of yourself and that's who they know. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And do you find that, and maybe it's not everybody in this group, maybe it's just a few people or just one select person, but do you find that you have the support of, of people kind of 
almost acting like a mirror, like, hey, here's here's what you're really doing. Mm-hmm. And sort of showing you when you're maybe falling off track, are they sort of gently pushing you back on or is that more uh, fr- from internally? Within my wellness community, it is like, hey, you know, look how you're reacting to this. How about we look at it this way? Mm-hmm. In my new friend group, not so much, but it's, but like I said, they're not as aware of my journey as my mentors and co- like community members are, but they're just different than my friend group was before. <laughs> right. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense. And so you mentioned a couple of times throughout the, uh, you know, throughout our talk here about a program, about this thing that you kind of connected with. Can you just share a bit about that? Um, Because I'm sure some people out there have a question. Yeah. I mean, three years ago I had lost some weight, but I was finding myself back as I had mentioned. And so someone reached out to me and shared a program that she coaches. And so I ultimately had a need. We were in the middle of COVID So I started my business at the same time and became a coach, but um, I work with clients and I've been supported in changing micro habits. Um, So I have one-on-one support, I have a community, and I've learned new tools and education to change my sleep routines, change my mindset, change my community, nutrition, hydration, weight management, all of the things. And I love that I get to wake up every day and support other people in having wins again and Mm -hmm. feeling proud of themselves and changing their lives to align with their values. But at the same time, I still have the time to do that for myself. So it's really great. Oh, I love it. And so is your calendar totally full? Do you, are you accepting new clients? Are you looking to connect with new people? Can our audience members reach out to you? All that stuff. Yeah, I am always looking for new clients. I love meeting new humans and my clients can be anywhere in the country. Um, We are expanding into Mexico as well. So that's going to be exciting. Um, But yeah, I have a link tree um, that connects to a health evaluation form that they can fill out and it will automatically go to me or it'll also connect to my Facebook. So I can just, it's, I don't know the link tree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot ee slash grateful being hw <laughs> awesome and i will link it to the show notes here just to make it easier uh for our audience members and guys i highly highly suggest that you reach out to crystal she has been through it she can help you through it too thank you so much for being here yeah. with us i'm excited i love doing these i love sharing my journey out loud because i know there could be one little thing i say that inspires someone to start their journey And um, I just read this quote before we signed on. It's like the thing that you're suffering through and that you're hiding could change someone's life if you share it. Um, And that's so true. It's why I love living my journey out loud, because I don't I don't want to suffer in silence if I can connect with someone else. That's amazing. I love it. Well, big, big hugs out to you, my friend. Always love seeing you. Hope that we can have you on the podcast again sometime in the future. For those of you who want to connect with Crystal or want to check out any of our previous episodes, hop over to our YouTube channel. It is at Mom Nation USA. That is our handle. If you're more of the podcast type, you prefer to listen in your earbuds, earphones, headphones, whatever you like, then hop on over to your favorite podcast platform. Do a quick search for Mom Nation Talk Radio, and there you can connect to our podcast channel. It's unlike many other podcast channels out there where we have 
several shows with a variety of different topics that we do push through that channel. So you will be able to connect with all of our content in just, just by you know clicking on the little bell to notify you of when we have new content, which is quite often. Thank you again, Crystal. It's been awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.